0: welcome to the DM's Book Club, a podcast where we talk about some Dungeons and Dragons and how you can fit it into your role-playing campaigns. This week, as ever, is Fiona with me as my co-host. That's that, what we're right? going That was, yes. yeah, this
1: week as ever, yes. <laughs> as ever, this
0: week as ever, as Fiona, yes. as my co-host. But not as ever. There no. is, we sometimes probably wish as ever, we have the wonderful, the magnificent, the enigmatic wow. Jimmy Flowers Yay! of Sprintiverse. Woo!
2: You can do all my intros. That was. That was epic.
0: <laughs> See, oh, one
2: take
1: wonder, Hamilton.
0: Yeah. And I'm Hamilton, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't the mention other one, yourself. The other one,
2: but don't worry about it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. We, we're delighted to have Jimmy guesting with mm. us because we've covered a couple of uh, Splinterverse's works as well. So, Jimmy, it is a delight to have you on this podcast.
2: Thank you. I'm so excited. I love your show. You know, I'm all about DD books, and you guys are where it's at. So, getting to spend time with you is exciting. Oh, that's very kind. Oh. And
1: we'll send you the money for, for that. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so my first sort of little warm-up question for you, Jimmy, is like, well, how did you get into role-playing games in general? But also, how did you get into starting to write your own content for role-playing games?
2: Yeah, it's it's been a long journey. I mean, when I was a child, I was kind of a loner. Just a lot due to circumstance. And so I would spend a lot of time in my room looking at comics and, you know, we'd go to the mall and I would see these really cool red and blue boxes that had like the basic sets. And so I'd get those and I would open those and just draw graph paper maps of things and create characters using the NPC forms and stuff like that. Never got to play with these ones when I was a kid (laughs) because I was, such a loner, but it was just exciting to get into it with my imagination. And then just over the years, you know, I went to school for English and uh, with a focus, you know, on writing and editing. And that was, that was my thing. And I went into publishing and then eventually left that when I realized that, you know, it was sort of dying due to the internet. And then when the pandemic came around, I thought, you know, I need some hobbies I can do at home. And, you know, I, I was like, what did I used to do that maybe was more homebound and, I went back to D&D, and then I was noticing all of this third-party content, and I thought, well, I can do that. You know, I've worked in publishing, and, mm. and uh, you know, I love writing, and it kind of touches on a lot of things that I like to do, so why not? And here we are. So
0: when you got back into it in the, the pandemic, obviously you said you were into writing. Was it just like, did you start out with just, ah, oh, do... I'll just do a little class. What was the first thing that sort of like you put your hand to when it came to it? I'd be Mm. interested to know.
2: Yeah, that's a good question. So I actually started on a setting that hasn't been released yet, but um, yes, and uh, I was way into it. I have a ton of it written, actually, but I was like, you know, I can't just... Go straight to a setting because yeah. people will be like, who is this guy? <laughs>
1: who is We're, this and, random man on the incident? <laughs> yeah, who does
2: he think he is? You know, unless I'm gonna give it away or something. So I just scaled back and started to think, well, what could I do with the budget I have and you know the art I can find and mm-hmm. all of that stuff. So I started smaller with a race and a couple subclasses and stuff. And yeah. but that campaign setting's still there and I'm I'm gonna get back to yeah. it. And it's it's exciting. It's like a setting you'll, you've never seen before. So, Ooh, I'm I can't excited. wait to so, oh, so
1: look, look at that teaser yes. already. Yeah.
2: <laughs> this is good. We're getting all the scoops. <laughs> We're getting all yes. the scoops straight away.
0: I got into doing some DM skill thing. And I think it's quite scary at first. And I think a lot of people do go, I'm going to build a world. So I'm going to, <laughs> I'm going to redefine the universe of D&D. and But then you suddenly go, oh my gosh, what am I doing? And, and go, oh, I'll do a subclass.
1: That'll be fun. Yes.
0: Yeah. I'll um, do, I'll
1: do a dungeon. You know, I'll do this. Yeah. Magic item or something. Yeah.
0: With your publishing background, did you find the layout and all the other sort of other tasks that go with, because making a DD product is not just, as you, I, I, I know I'm telling you things you know, Jimmy, but this is for the people at home. Uh, <laughs> that, uh, and they probably all know this as well. Yeah. It's not just like making that text. It's all the other stuff that goes with it. And do you have those skills yourself or did you have to use the home brewery? How did you work through that in the first instance, like joining it?
2: So I spent a number of years in publishing. So I was fortunate enough to get to do some layout there. Mm. So I got familiar Mm. with InDesign and things like that. And and then the sort of next path I took after publishing was marketing. So then I got into how do you market things? How do you Mm. write press releases and all that stuff? So it's almost like all the different parts of my journey have led me to this place, to where I can create Splinterverse Media and kind of combine all of these experiences into this new creation.
1: We sort of came across your work initially, thanks to Hamilton. Because so when we first started doing the end book of season three, when we were doing some streams and stuff, we did Wild Beyond the Witchlight, and then the next week Hamilton was like. I found something that will continue <laughs> uh, our passion for it. And I just found that interesting that quite a number of your publications, first of all, there's a lot, which is amazing, um, but they're obviously linked to current Wizards of the Coast uh, stuff coming out. So obviously you had the Farewell Companion, you've had the, your own sort of Fizzbans sort of compendium, and then you've mm. recently had the Dragonlance Companion. out. how do you turn that around? Because you oh, must yeah. you, you must get like, you must be like, oh, Dragonlance is coming and you might have four months. and you, How do you go from like, that's cool, and then four months later, you like, in the same week or the two weeks later from the from the initial release, it's like, and here's a companion, and you're yeah. like, oh my god that's 200 pages of new content Yeah, yeah.
0: both me and Fiona sit here going the organization i don't know how you do it it freaks me out thinking about it we can't even do
1: a podcast (laughs)
0: normally
2: it requires a lot of discipline and you know this is something you know having worked years in these industries that thankfully Mm -hmm. have developed but as far as like timing i mean i look at what wizards is putting out and then my editor matt that i work with on all the books you know they consult with me and we look at what exactly is wizards going to release is it an adventure book with a little bit of player options is it a full campaign setting what What is it? So, for example, we didn't do Spelljammer because we saw that the box set was going to have a little bit of everything. and We thought, okay, there really isn't a place for us to add anything. I mean, we would just be competing with what's in that book. Mm -hmm. Whereas with Dragonlance, we saw that there was only going to be, you know, the one subclass and, you know, it wasn't going to have everything wasn't going to be a full smorgasbord of options for players. It wasn't going to have all the other things that you would want to do. And even with Mm. some of the new stuff, like the backgrounds that they did, they only had two. So we thought, well, you know, it'd be nice to have a few more like that. So that if you want to use that style of background, and then some people are on the old style, you could presumably say, well, we have four choices now. And so it's a little better to give everybody that style of a background compared to just the two from the official book. So it just kind of depends on what they're up to. But we literally started open call for writers the day after they announced their slate, which we were so grateful that they announced the slate because then we could start planning well in advance. And um, we had been noodling on some things and and we kind of knew it was coming because if you look at the UAs, you can kind of see where they're headed you can guess but it was really the announcement where we started speaking about it openly and doing the open calls
0: personally and i don't know if this is all deals, but more content's always good (laughs) do you know what i mean and i'm always with you it's like i need only like four subclasses i need two backgrounds come on Mm. wizards you used you'd be too stingy come and then I was just thinking of your your one and like you know you have got 13 subclasses yeah. and two backgrounds yeah. on top and then the chromatic cone I love that by the way you know <laughs> extra spells and and that's what's uh, it's so great about the like the DM's guild and all the sort of community stuff like that is that you can just get more but obviously like um and everyone's is good but yours are really really good <laughs> it's like yours <laughs> are really good and they and they feel like when we did the Feywild companion mm. I think we just both sat there and went, this, you know, the additional stuff you're getting is at the same level.
1: And to follow on, yeah, because while Beyond the Witch, a similar sort of thing. It was like an adventure, but it was the first time the Feywild has sort of been like, oh, we're going to do our own or something. And then they had like their Domains of Delight thing, like here's Mm. what you can do. And yet within your Feywild companion, obviously you had your monsters, but you had like whole adventures and like Mm. places in Feywild stuff. And we were like, like a whole domain of delight. I think what was really nice about it, and again, it probably is down to the timing as well as obviously the quality of work. You sort of, you ride that sort of high of like, oh, cool, a new book oh man more stuff <laughs> yes exactly ah! and yeah. you just keep you just keep that passion and like so I, I mean yeah. I've still yet to run anything while beyond the witch line, but I, I'm always like oh, the butterfly queen was really cool yeah. this was very cool and yeah. uh, and and the, the, the different flowers that you can take to, to mm-hmm. for, yeah for making stuff oh the, the domain of White it's gone
0: out of my head because I've got so many Dualis. Yeah, it's like it's duality, yeah. but it's dualist. That's it. Yeah. The idea that's when you baby. turn up yeah. and then your alter ego, your mimic, your sort of evil twin <laughs> arrives. Yes. And uh, it's so beautiful. many like layers are such a it's beautiful. But it's the other things. That you do in them that I always think like um I like about the Matt Mercer documents. We we looked at both of the, the mm. critical role ones and also the another one of our favorites, which was um Minsk and Booze, mm. which was like the adventure hooks and just like the little bits of extra stuff that I think actually I, I feel like Wizards doesn't do enough of. Yeah, that's really great. There's just like here DM, here's like f- as you've got like 56 in the Feywild adventure hooks. That's manna from heaven for DMs, isn't it? (laughs) Because you just need those little bits to push you down the road that then leads you to a whole adventure. But it's those things that are really key.
1: Yeah, like side missions and all that sort of
2: thing. Yeah. The adventure hooks, I mean, those came about from just thinking about the layout and thinking how I wanted to do it because a lot of people, they flow the text from page to page. I try to separate the text as best I can so you can really focus when you're on a page and then you end up with some white space. And rather than saying, oh, no, I'm not going to write anymore because, you know, all of that's done. I say, "Okay, no, I can write some adventure hooks. I can fill in some of this white space and give more value. We just don't know Mm -hmm. if you're going to pick up a Splinterverse book and then not like it and never pick up another one. So so to me, any place that I can give you value, I'm going to try to do it because I want you to say, every time I buy a Splinterverse book, it's worth the money. It's reasonably priced and I get value out of it. And so it's not a question when the next one comes out, it's going to be on my wish list. And so Mm. that's kind of a motivator for me when I'm working on white space and what we can Mm. do. And we've added stuff to books just to avoid, you know, having Uh. big gaps because we just really want you need to be able to focus on the text and and not have this sort of flow we do flow a little bit but it's not mm-hmm. as common as you see in other books
1: sure now i love that that focusing on certain things because i definitely get to a point where I, this chapter is too long uh my brain can't take it and so yeah to, to have stuff like here is just literally two pages yeah. and every part of it counts
2: when you're in the middle of DMing, I mean, you, mm. a bunch of stuff on the page mm. can be a distraction. But if the page is really focused on just a creature, for example, mm-hmm. then you can just hone in on that page. You don't lose your place. You don't have to look. Oh, where is it? I can't find it. It's right there. Yeah. You know? Yeah,
1: because I had that problem all the time as a GM. I'm like, just give me two minutes. Where is it? I had my mark <laughs> here and it's yeah, no longer there.
2: I, we skipped
0: over and I kind of wanted to go back a step if that's OK. I know sure. we're going deep into it going on the like the organization you said you started out that like you came to it uh this is a uh, what's something I can do during the pandemic working from home how do you go from that to media enterprise
1: as <laughs> <laughs> a splinterverse like
0: like how's that journey come about I imagine it's going to involve a lot of community yeah. benefit but it's, it's really interesting to, to hear people's stories on how it went from yeah, you I'm in too. your room to the number the multiple people you have working <laughs> those but also
1: all in their yeah. rooms as well I think yeah.
2: <laughs> I guess you know I was recording uh, this video game called Hex, and I was I was putting that on YouTube and playing that just as something to do during the pandemic. And then that game decided to shut down, (laughs) and so I thought, okay, I have to repurpose my channel. I have to, you know, I just built this channel. I now have to change directions. And I had been doing the d and stuff as well. And I thought, well, what if I orient my channel towards mm-hmm. books? Because I just have such a passion for looking at books. And also I'm making them. So combining those two things together would be really good. And it's yeah. just been fun to meet so many people in the community when I talk about their books each week or whatever it's just fun. And and it's a great way to get the word out about what's coming out because it's so easy. There's so many titles coming out. It's really hard to keep up with those. Mm. But then as far as the other side of Splinterverse Media, the people working with me, Mm. that's just been one step at a time. Each book, you know, I've met new people, networked, found people to bring on to the team to work as either an artist or a writer or an editor or whatever, and just you know, keeping those relationships alive and bringing back people for future projects, you know, when it works out. Yeah. Just building up the whole, what I call the splinter version, you know, it's this, yeah. is, is this universe of people working mm-hmm. together.
0: It is because you yeah. look at your DM skill pages and it's like authors, artists, <laughs> and yeah. yeah. Like, scroll, and it goes, scroll It scroll, even yeah. has plus more and you're like, oh my yeah. gosh, like, and you click that and then it takes you to a whole thing of like all these people It's amazing and it's just, um, it's the thing that I'm as much impressed by is the level mm. of organisation and like that, you, that goes through making all these things
1: Yeah, like on your YouTube channel you do like a weekly sort of like here's the new release yeah. and stuff When you're looking for the new releases, I know obviously you said you can't cover everything. What draws your eye? What makes you excited when you see a new release? Is there good things that you're like, oh, I want to talk about this because of X? Is there anything that you shout for?
2: Yeah. I mean, I really do look for, you know, anything as a customer something that grabs me a hook, you know, some unique take on something, an interesting concept, hopefully something visual. I mean, it is a visual medium. So sometimes, you know, if it looks like somebody just put a word document up there, it's hard for me to put that in front of the audience because I need at least some artwork. Mm -hmm. So there's like a list of criteria that I officially use, but I'm always just looking for unique takes on it. And I really try to talk about how I would use the book or different ways that I yeah. would use the book. And especially if I can find ways that I think are multi-purpose, you know, like, oh, it's meant to be for the Shadowfell, but here's this table in here that you can take out and use in any dungeon or what. you know, like pointing those things out and trying to be almost like the QVC or HSN or shopping <laughs> network for these people, right? Because I'm one of those people that's mm. making books and I know how hard it is to get people hyped up Mm. interested in these third-party products so i'm just anything that i can find to latch on to because sometimes people will put up a catalog page they they're so exhausted from making their book that they don't write anything and then Mm -hmm. then the preview only shows the table of contents and it's like well i can't really do much with that I'd, i'd love to but so in a way that's good because it would be much harder for me to eliminate and weed down and get the lineup that I do each week but, but yeah, yeah so there's little things that jump out.
1: That speaks to me so much as someone who creates educational content at work me having to tell various academics going no this is not right Hamilton's already heard my rant of gr- about great <laughs> PowerPoint presentations uh, in the last couple of days so I, yeah I totally see that but having something that's you know, eye-catching and keep giving it like a good concise description of what your product is like because I think that's what again if you, if anyone here hasn't seen a Splinterverse book or PDF going to your entry on Drive or DMs Guild and seeing how much information there is. Like if you if you're not sure, it's like it's there open to me, you've got your, you know, obviously your full size preview and stuff. But the fact you've got it all there and like obviously usually reviews and stuff like that, or well, it is so vast. Yeah. Oh, that's exciting. So
2: <laughs> you just don't know what's going to speak to people. So I always encourage people from you know the marketing academy says appeal to them emotionally and appeal to them logically, because people are usually more one or the other or a blend. So if you have in your catalog copy some of both of those things, the likelihood you're going to hook them and draw them in is better. And people, I I know it's exhausting to put these books together, but what makes me sad is to see people create these 73-page monstrosities and then put nothing on their page. And I'm like, (laughs) no, that's the point at which you've really got to put your stuff in there. Because if you don't grab them on that page, they're not going to walk through the door into your shop. Your cover can only do so much. Mm -hmm. It is so true. But it is hard. As you said, you get
0: your 70 pages deep and it's like, more, <laughs> but but it is the most important. It's those last ten percent. That's the most important yeah. part. Yeah, agree. So. Yeah,
2: and you might need to take a break or recruit some help for that yeah. part, but but don't neglect it.
1: The other thing I was going to say. Is obviously we talked about like uh, the farewell companion, the dragonlands, and fizzbands and stuff like that. But your other sort of two, the two that I saw, like potions unlocked and swarms of the multiverse. They're very interesting, and I just wanted to point out because again, this is what I love about third-party content: is that there'll be stuff out there that I have not considered, such as potions, uh, yeah. such as what can we do with a swarm? Which is something I'm always like for me as just a sort of GM. I'll put a swarm in. It just you know takes down hitbox stuff. Swarms of the multiverse. Such an interesting book. Thank you. For me, it was such a what an interesting concept, like having yeah. this idea of like have a monster and then adding a swarm to it and then sort of mix and matching, mm. creating your own. And here's some examples, and obviously so many examples, like the example of like alchemic ooze and then the alchemic horde as it takes on all these coins and stuff. Like that. I was like, holy shit, I want to yes, yes. <laughs> Why not? Yes, to more swarms is what I want to yeah. say. So I just I like how. It's not just like if you aren't excited about the next adventure, if you're not excited about Dragon's like that, that's totally fine because suddenly there's like a book of 150 pages all about swarms or all about potions. And I'm like, yes. I didn't I did not know I needed that until right yeah, now.
2: Exactly. Yeah, that to me is where we get to be the most creative. It's our unlocked series where we take an aspect of D&D that we feel is maybe neglected or mm. overlooked and really just try to bring some method to the madness. It's like, mm. okay, you know, I'm taking a healing potion, great. Update your score your points or whatever. You know, it's like it's it can be so much more than that. You can build a whole campaign around potions. You can build a whole yeah. campaign around swarms and really what we're doing by focusing on that one aspect is we're sort of harnessing that creativity because we're saying, okay, let's make it sort of an artificial barrier that says everything we're doing has to do with swarms or potions right now. What are the thoughts that are coming to our heads? What are the things that we want to try to achieve or the questions that we want to answer? And so when you really can just shine a spotlight on something like that and just dive deep and just stay so focused, Mm -hmm. you end up with books that are, you know, over a hundred pages and, and just, make people think <laughs> about something they've been engaging with for years mm-hmm. in a totally new way. And then at the same time, try to give them the tools to make their own. It's yes. just super rewarding. And it's it's my favorite stuff to do with Splinterverse because it's just a gift that keeps on giving. I mean, we've mm-hmm. got instructions in there to make your own swarms and then we've got yes. all these examples. And it's not just, oh, here's a stat block and then here's the swarm. We mm-hmm. explain Why? Why are they becoming a swarm? And there's so many reasons. It could be that they want to make a hive mind. It could be that they're stronger when they're together. It could be that they get a new ability, right? And so just going down that road takes you right into story, Mm -hmm. right? And and it's my favorite. I love yeah.
0: doing it. <laughs> no, I I love it, and it fits with my like. I always have this theory. And it comes from like my architecture training. Is like you give twenty million people one square foot, you'll get twenty million completely different, crazy, mm. insane ideas. But it's it doesn't take if you can focus on something smaller and smaller and smaller, you will weirdly find more and more in it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like the idea yes. as well that you'll find as many bugs in your back garden as you'll find in the Amazon rainforest. You know, like there's always that thing, you know, if you look at the Amazon rainforest as a ho- as one yes. person, you will find just as much as one person will find looking in your back garden. Mm-hmm. And the Swarms one is a really great one because I, I never played 40, but people always talk about the, the things. So everyone about a year ago, everyone, or maybe two years on Twitter, there was a quite a big push about like, why 4 e isn't like always that bad and I remember people talking mm. about like uh, swarms in that and uh, minions I think it might be called or mm. the, there might be a different term but like one hit point NPCs or things to to, to sort of uh, sorry, monster stats and stuff like that that kind of attack you and you can kind of interact with them and the warlord trait allowed people to sort of manipulate them in a really interesting way I suppose I never played it so I, I don't know but this that's something that is really missing from d and
1: yeah, I've got yeah. these,
0: you know, I want that movie moment of the, you know, of hundreds of skulls coming at me. Yeah, yes. like,
1: yeah, like, yeah. you want that bit in uh, The Mummy Returns, where the, uh, what's that coming over the, you know, yes. like, oh,
0: yes. no. Or exactly. yeah.
1: right yeah, the I scarabs.
0: Yeah, the yes.
2: horde of creatures coming at you. Yeah, yep.
0: it's yeah. so cool. And it's such a great, and it really mechanically as well, just from a mm. game perspective, just completely changes combat. Which is always a good thing <laughs> To up and refresh that part of the game So mm, yeah
1: And I'm just going to agree with Hamilton I think exactly that is yeah. such a small thing Both the potion stuff and the swarm stuff But then it's the fact you look at it so much And you're like actually this is going to affect And change everything about it And so you might only need to drop it in To a, a, a big boss battle That yeah. has environmental swarms etc But then it's just like Oh but they have to change everything about it And it just makes it so much more exciting And interesting both for players and for GMs So yeah no, I bookmarked quite a few things On the swarm soon they will have my swarm one shots (laughs) yes
2: and that's the beauty of it is that we can inspire you it's it's like Mm. a collaboration even though we're not sitting there with you you are engaging our work and it's triggering all these thoughts and images in your head of one shots you can build or Mm. situations you can put your characters in whether it's a whole campaign or just one encounter it doesn't matter it's just that we want you to have that creativity trigger and uh it's it's so exciting to see
0: with that then uh and sort of with this unlock series can we get a sneak peek of what the next one is (laughs) (laughs) if
1: there is one if there is
2: one there is one and it's massive it's something that you interact with all the time in DD and um, you probably don't think about it but if we get to do it it's a kickstarter we're preparing and it would be um kind of a, a setting within a setting Very, very exciting. I can't. I wish I could give details. No, don't. No, no, no. Can't. can't, It's fine. (laughs) But we're waiting to see what happens with the OGL before we can um, um, move forward. But the artwork is coming in already for some of it, and yeah, it's something I've dreamed of doing for a long time. And it's Mm. it's not the setting I started on that I told you about. Okay. Yes. That's (gasps) a separate one. Oh my
1: god. Yes, both
2: of these I think would be. just blow your mind because there are things that i'm surprised haven't been done because they just seem like they oh. need to be done okay oh, oh, well, well, well well we we're are teasing. officially excited yeah we're yes. excited.
1: <laughs> well speaking of OGL, we can't it's one of those things where we're talking to absolutely an amazing third-party content creator we can't not talk about OGL so obviously at the time of this recording there's been a lot of discourse going on about the OGL license and with One D&D and a lot of things about leaks and stuff like that for you Jimmy looking at the open gaming license obviously that has helped you create your work and and make profits and well deserved for you and your team I mean it's obvious really like if, if such a license is to go away then I guess that that's kind of it or would you look to doing other systems at all or just keep putting out content in some way?
2: Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of scenarios. I mean, it just depends on what actually transpires. There's been some leaks and we're not sure what's going to happen. My hope is that the OGL continues, you know, swarms of the multiverse and potions unlocked. Those would not have existed without the OGL. Mm, And, you know, the, it's not just me. I mean, I'm hiring Mm. artists and and writers and editors and things. So there's a lot of people that are, um, you know, being sustained from the ability to create, tangential content to dungeons and dragons because that's a big name and yeah. to me it amplifies dnd it amplifies oh, wizards yeah. of the coast every book that comes out that is uh, related to it is an advertisement every video mm-hmm. every podcast is an advertisement for that game you need the player's yeah. handbook you need so the that yeah. right mm-hmm. so to me it, it's a nice symbiotic relationship and i hope it can continue and I hope for all the, the people that I've worked with on these projects that it can continue, but we just don't know. I mean, yeah, I'm definitely gonna see what happens and I have a couple of thoughts in my mind about where we would go. I'm happy to hear that there's other systems being developed mm-hmm. because you know we could end up going that route. I'd love to say I've developed my own system, but I feel like there's so many being developed yeah, by big players like, that it's yeah. just take, gonna take be a step over, back. Yeah, <laughs> overcrowded with that. Mm-hmm. And so we'll see. But um, you know, for anybody listening, it is really a critical piece of of what we do. And Mm -hmm. a lot of people changed career paths, they took control of their lives in this Mm. pandemic. And part of that was because something like the OGL existed, and it gave them that opportunity to strike out on their own. So when you take away opportunities like that, it's really sad. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping that it works out for the best, but um, time will tell.
1: And I think what's what's interesting is that some of the discourse I saw where people were like, I don't see, it doesn't affect me, I don't use third party content. And I'm like, you do. I think everyone I've ever talked to about D&D has either homebrewed their stuff and put it on stuff like DM's Guild, or have used stuff like that, and certainly stuff like Published. Wizards of the Coast of Lake, Radiant Citadel, um, Candlekeep mm, Mysteries, yes. obviously those writers came from a community who put out third-party content, so it's that sort yes. of thing where I do feel like people maybe aren't aware of it, and it's something yes. that I'm quite glad that we are having this discourse about it because it is so important that something like this is discussed, mm, and yes. again, fingers crossed for the best result on it, and yeah. I, I, I hope that I I mean like we've uh, Hamilton I know you you've been doing creating content for uh, systems like Morkborg, uh, have these open licenses already and they're they're like mm. is that sort of thing where it just it's such an encouraging thing that people want these the yeah. other RPGs do want people to create content for them and it's it's just very interesting to see the impact on that on the community so I can only I, I definitely hope that more people are suddenly aware that this third party content helps all of us. Uh, yeah. It's not, you know, you might say you don't use it. I, I think everyone has used some degree of third party content, whether they know about it or not.
2: Well, also thinking about like the idea that you're going to step up and do something. It, when you can lean on a well-known thing like Dungeons and Dragons or even Morkborg to make it not like such a scary thing. Um, you know, as I'm going to just write the great American novel by myself. Nobody's <laughs> heard of me, right? You know, the, yeah. the difference between those two things, I think gives people the opportunity to to stretch into something new yeah. Yeah. and then maybe eventually branch out on their own and write the great American novel, but they need yeah. a place to start that feels safe and familiar. Mm, yeah. And so 100%. these licenses are great for that.
1: I, But you see, now I've got the image of mark twain doing an open <laughs> license for his books and everybody using his or, or like Mate. jane austen or something like that yeah. Now. like yeah, yeah all all writers need to do their own licenses <laughs> to use their works and themes to yeah. well, i mean yeah well we have stuff like um pride prejudice and zombies and all that sort yeah. of things, well, actually, because, it's,
0: because that's because the license is now open because there you they, go you know, yeah it's that long yeah. enough <laughs> What systems have you worked in other other than d and d Jimmy because obviously that's the big one. but um, yeah, i
2: yeah. I haven't really. i mean i've I've watched streams of Vampire, the masquerade, yes. you know, yes. I've watched streams of other systems, but I really no. haven't. I mean, I barely get to play uh, these days because I'm just Aww. constantly, you know, uh, working on projects, right? Yeah. So, so yeah, it'll be interesting. I've been with this news of the OGL. I've been watching a lot of videos. You know, I watched mm. a video on the cypher system the other day in the oh, yeah. system Very and the system and shadows, shadows of the demon Lord. And, you know, mm. like I'm learning some other systems just kind of yeah. during this weird uh, limbo that we're yeah. in right now.
1: Is there a particular system that you would like to write for? Yeah, irrespective yeah. of anything. Yeah, Or, or genre? Because obviously I know currently a lot of the stuff you have been doing has been the sort of D&D focus or high fantasy focus. Would you want to do something else?
2: I think someday I want to do something sci-fi um, yeah. because I do like the sci-fi genre a lot. As far as systems, I get frustrated with systems because I, I feel like <laughs> they they're like they handcuff your your imagination. So oh, I will, cool. you know, come up with sort of like something I want to happen, and then I'll talk about it, and people will say, "Oh, well, that's impossible in D&D because of the action economy, or you know, whatever." And right. it's like, yeah. ah why why are we so limited you know and and a lot of times if you look at the stuff that i'm writing yeah. i'm pushing it i'm pushing mm, it because i agree. really want to take yeah. the mechanics to another level and to not be so limited by them. And so sometimes I'm just experimenting, you know, the lost book, I, I was like, what would happen if you have to use a d20 in your stat block to determine what action the creature does, you know, it's like, it's like, it's just experimenting with these things, because I feel so held back by mechanics sometimes. But I have people there to keep me in line so that you're not yeah. cursing me, right? You know, it, I, I They've definitely brought me back to reality and mm. we found a, a compromise, which is what you guys end, end up getting to read and then hopefully enjoying. But yeah. I like that. I like pushing the boundaries. So systems, I, I guess I would have to try them and see how I feel about them as a player. But as a yeah. writer, I'm scared of them because I'm like, oh. Oh, it's going to box me in. But, oh, but yeah. I'll, I'll do the same thing. I'll get people around me to help me Free my mind, but then bring it back to a <laughs> compromise spot where it works for everybody.
0: Well, I can only recommend what because
2: there's no compromise. <laughs> I, I know he's,
0: <laughs> he's going to do that.
1: But, <laughs> but for me as a GM and, and a DM, I, 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 you know, humble brag, I've run quite a lot of systems. And I find it really interesting when, when you say people like, oh, you can't do that because of this. I've got to that point now going. Oh, that sounds fun do it you know yeah, I, exactly I, I don't That's I, it, yeah. I, I, the less work I have to do as a GM but I find it's really interesting because it, it kind of is freeing to be mm. like I'm just going to do it like this if you've got a problem with it we can talk it out but on, at the end of the day what yeah. I say sort of sort of goes but I want the best of the players it's not like this is my game I'm going to do you know yeah. fingers temple that sort of thing so I find that interesting how like people say oh it doesn't work in this system and I would just be like it works yeah. for my game so yeah whatever. yeah
2: and and i mean the changes aren't crazy sometimes no. we shift mm-hmm. to using a different mechanic or you know no. there's maybe been one thing that i've had to throw out completely but most things we find a way to make a work that i feel like still represents the vision i had and sometimes i'm just saying well like what is in these books that's not even getting used like provinces for deities when i wrote mm-hmm. the warlock subclass for Dragonlance companion i was like let's put in a feature that connects to these provinces because I never mm. see them used other than yeah. as a reference. Yeah. And it's it's kind of like a ribbon ability, but still it's it's a way of bringing life to something that is just sitting there and neglected. It's fun mm. for me to look for these little Easter eggs mm. that we can unearth.
0: But I, I understand it though, because I think when like, our background is creating content, not you know. I do make mm-hmm. stuff on Skill, but when and when I've ventured into those worlds, particularly like Mortgaw is different because it's, it's you do what you yeah. like, but the D&D, there definitely is a a want for the printed material to feel yeah. like a certain way and, and fit within the mechanics. Like, I've created, I remember when I created my first set of races for um this sort of mm. Cosmic and and the first time I put that out there and I put it on Reddit, oh my gosh, it was like, can't do that. You've got too t- yeah. too many abilities and it's so overpowered and you're doing too much. And I'm like, yeah, but so? <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> why? Like, I, why? <laughs> yeah, and I, I did, you know, I did definitely, This was my first sort of foray, I did pull them back a bit, but I still kept them a bit more into you know, this. Uh, they had... Um, Sort of spells that they got because it's they're kind of like related to their sort of cosmic background. And surprise, surprise! Now you can do that in D and D. You can get like you know you can have character (laughs) creations. So I was ahead of the game. But my point is like at the time you were like you can't do that. That's not D and D. And so I, I do feel that there is more of a pressure on on content creators of, of, of physical books to, to, to fit within a sort of mechanic base yeah. rather than when you're being a DM or on a stream and just going like, can I, can I like amplify this by using the spell jammer to make my like area of effect huge? Yeah, of course you can. <laughs> you know, of course you can. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. Why not? Yeah, exactly. It makes sense logically in my mind, like d d logic. So, but you couldn't yeah. write that in a book so much, maybe, I don't know, maybe you could. But.
2: Well, and I think, you know the size of the big books that we do it gives Mm. us that opportunity to have some things Mm. that maybe push the boundaries a little bit and Mm, make you go hmm and then we have some more expected stuff like to me the perfect book is a mixture of the expected and the unexpected yeah you have all these things and really what book unless it's an adventure where you're running through a sequence of things what book do you use literally every single thing in the whole book you don't even even wizards books right so if we (laughs) give you such a vast assortment that you walk away and are using a a significant amount of it and you feel like enough to justify buying it Mm. that's a win agree
1: it's so true the amount of people that go i've not read the dm's guide and i'm like what <laughs> like, yeah but but it, again just jumping off of what you said hamilton there's i mean they recently they've been doing quite a few streams of uh so dimension 20 did a stream of the good society an rpg which is ain't jane austen inspired and no a spoiler here there's no dice rolling in it it's, it's just pure conversations and tokens but because they felt like oh but it still has to be dnd they still latched on dnd so, and it was very interesting because when i because i've recently got that rpg and it's just like they felt they couldn't do that RPG so There's an expectation of like Well, you do D&D So you have to do that So I just thought that was really interesting That even if we're exploring other things If you're not used to A different system that they're, they're like Well, let's add in a D20 In somewhere And oh yeah. Roll a constitution saving for I guess You know, you're like yeah.
0: oh. But we've started saying it a lot For you Both of us on our show Of like When we're talking about something In D&D you go, We don't like this well, we don't have to use it. <laughs> you know, I don't like not, you're not tied to it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I don't like that. Bit. like when we're doing the one D and D and there's a few changes to things. We we're like, yeah, it's cool. I love all this bit, but I'm not too keen on this bit. I'm mm-hmm. not going to use it and you don't yeah. have yeah. to use it and it's so liberating but you, yeah it takes a while yeah. to, to get your head in that in that space yeah. i think you, so you usually go through a very big publicity through then into into dm's guild as your primary focus i'm correct there jimmy i think yes yeah
2: yeah we've we, done two outside of dm's guild but yeah. yeah the rest have all been through there
0: but you mentioned that this next one you're looking to go down the kickstarter route and i was just wondering like what's the what's the change for that what's why you think that's a model you want to go down and sort of how you went through that process just I'm just using you as the sort of like very great example of to this like big level of you know from individual in a a room to a big level sort of production and how those sort of how you've made those decisions is always interesting so why, Mm. why why the kickstarter sort of move in this one
2: It's an evolution. I mean, again, you know, I could have come out of the gate doing a Kickstarter, but people would have been like, well, who is this person? Who is Splinterverse Media, right? And so as much as I've enjoyed doing stuff on DM Guild, it really needs to be as a business diversified and we have mm-hmm. different ways of getting products out there and, and, and to develop some of our own IP. I mean, the Swarms of the Multiverse, the Potions Unlocked, everything in there, you know, I own as part of the company. So if we want to do novels about the characters or, or other, you know, move them to other systems, I have that yeah. opportunity. Whereas with the DMs Guild, once you know you published it, you kind of lose control of those things. Yeah. So as much All as right. I love Dualis and the Butterfly Queen, those creations of mine are I no longer own them. Mm-hmm. So so there's that balance. And then also financially, I mean, I have a certain standard for the books. I want them to feel like you know wizards or at least a professional level publisher put them out and so mm-hmm. when you want to make it look that good and feel that good it, there's a lot of upfront cost and so you're taking a calculated risk publishing something like that on the dm's guild that you're going to make your money back with kickstarter you can do some upfront spending because you do have to do promotion you do have to make it yeah. look like you're worth funding right but you can hold back and say okay well i might do a bunch of writing on my own time for this I'm not necessarily gonna pay for the art yet. I'm not necessarily gonna pay for this editing yet or this collaborative writing. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so you can kind of turn the gauges and financially have less of a risk. So it's it's a necessity if I want this to be a long-term business because You know, we don't know how long DM's guild will be around, if it'll be around forever, and mm-hmm. and also the freedom to just create stuff and not worry about whether it's gonna go away or not. You know, mm-hmm. I, I get so emotionally attached to the stuff I create, you know.
1: Oh, understandably.
2: <laughs> I'm I'm creating all these demi-planes, you know, and swarms of the multiverse. And I'm like, I would be so sad if I had to give the rights of the to those away, you know. Yeah. So it's a number of reasons, okay. financial and creative. Mm. Yeah, it's a good point, actually. And and just,
0: yeah, it's because a lot of people go on the DMs Guild and, and aren't exactly aware of all the sort of things that mm-hmm. you're actually integrating into it, which is kind of interesting. And also the fact that, 50% goes to DMs Guild as well, straight off yeah. the back.
1: Grrr. Yeah, grr. yeah. Uh, yeah, that's my
0: money. <laughs> yeah, I want to buy more stuff on the DMs Guild with that money, so please just give me more of it. <laughs> I think you're a, a very good example of just that process, and I think people yeah. could learn a lot. just If people are interested in getting into this um, realm of, of creating content, if you can you know you're a really good like prime example of how to go about this in a really positive way agreed and that's, mm-hmm. so uh, this show is just the let's say how amazing jimmy is show, yeah that's it? what happens <laughs> to all of our guests to be
1: fair oh, you guys are so kind Oh, it's alright. Well, we, you can pay us again. We'll, we'll get that invoice <laughs> to you. Uh, but Jimmy, one of my final questions was: so, if because I obviously you have a lot of guest writers or collaborations mm-hmm. going on. If somebody wants to like pitch an idea to you or wants to write for your next stuff, like what do you look for in that? Can people do that? Do you is there a process that you go through and picking collaborators to write on your projects?
2: Yeah. So sometimes we have open calls. Other times I do what I call shoulder tap, where I think about what I'm trying to do. And I just tap people on the shoulder that I've worked with previously and say, Oh, you'd be a perfect fit for this. So it just depends on the project. A lot of times the DMs Guild stuff, you know, there's going to be people that have personal connections to the content. So those are more likely going to be the open call situations. People have a connection to Dragonlance or Wild, And so it's going to be, um, a good way for them to come up with a pitch. Sometimes with the the OGL stuff, we don't want to really reveal what the content is. So it's more of a shoulder tap situation. So like for swarms, I I shoulder tap people and said, hey, you know, let's sign an NDA. And then, you know, you you can write for, you know, for this book. And yeah, so it just depends. But I would say, you know, I try to be very responsive on social media. Feel free to reach out anywhere. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Mm -hmm. you know, wherever, Uh, YouTube. I don't tend to take in a lot of like, projects that are pitched just because Mm -hmm. I'm only one person and it's just, it's just really hard to juggle a ton of projects. And I have like a a big pipeline of stuff I want to do. But I'm grateful to meet people, to network, mm. to hear about them, and I'm I'm happy for people to pitch when we have open calls and yeah. and even just to say hi. You know, I want to yeah. write with you someday or something. You know, that that's great. I mean, networking yeah. is critical.
1: Even though like you said, it's gone from from you in your room to being this big company. You're still in your room and you're like, yes. no more, go away, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> go away. I shut the door, go away. <laughs> Eventually,
2: I'll get to the end of the pipeline, maybe. But yeah, there was like 20 20 different book ideas I had just oh when I was spitballing oh. in the beginning. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. we'll see. We all know that feeling. Yeah, <laughs> we're
1: yeah. Yeah, we're both there going, oh, we've got all our other projects. All yeah, all no, I mean, minute. I talked to
0: I talked to Fiona the other day, saying, "Okay, this year I'm gonna I've set my task of things I'm gonna do this year. I'm not gonna do the Hamilton. His twenty million things I want to do this year. In two None. Let's <laughs> say so like,
1: yeah, I'm, 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 it's gonna happen." Yeah, I was going to say we've come to the end of our hour, yeah. uh, Jimmy, and, and we're just basically just basically gone. You're so cool. Tell us more about yourself. <laughs> yeah. that's that's basically what this episode's going to be. But uh, thank you so much, Jimmy, and thank you for sharing your your knowledge and expertise mm. and and passion. Interesting enough, DM's Book Club was also a lockdown project where I was like, I need to read my DD books i know i'm gonna rope in somebody else to do it and 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 it's hamilton currently <laughs> <laughs> he's he's lasted this long so that's all good. But, <laughs> but and i, I it's interesting because i at the beginning i didn't think about third party content myself i was just like yeah we'll do the published ones it's fine and actually thanks to hamilton introducing your farewell companion i was like Oh my God! There's so much stuff out there that we need to cover yeah. and talk about. So yeah, it's it's been an absolute joy to talk mm. to someone who's who's uh, a done a book we've read, and, <laughs> and be like is, is also equally yeah. passionate about creating third party content and and role playing games in general. So thank you so yes. much for joining
2: us. You're thank welcome. You. And thank you. Thank you for having me. I mean, I feel such a kinship to you guys because you you do have such a passion for books. I mean, I just love books, even beyond D and D books. I mean, just books, um, period. I love yeah. them, and so every time I I listen to you guys, it's you know, it's just infectious. Your true passion shows for this, and we can't we can't and, handle and, the praise. Yeah, I, yeah. Stop, yes.
1: stop with two British people like cowering <laughs> on Zoom. Please.
2: Well, you're one of my favorites, and I'm I'm grateful you're out there. You know, showing people that y- we should appreciate not just the the content but that the these books exist cuz they yeah. they are a treasure
0: they really are no they mm-hmm. really are it's uh, it's one of the the things that like i I'm so glad about coming back because I even just enjoy reading the books. Like, yeah. even if I'm never yeah. going to use them, at, you know. Even though I will, because I will read them and love them so much, I'll put them in my sure. own notebook. But it's just that there is a joy. A series that we did on going back on the planescape and going mm-hmm. back through all of the planes of existence and finding all my old 2e stuff and just reading yeah. every. Just it's been such fun just reading those worlds again, and it's yeah.
1: um yeah I I love it. So I'm I'm glad people appreciate it. That's all. Yeah, that's right. and so our final sort of send off jimmy if yeah. you would say, where can we find your stuff yes. where can we find you on social media if you want to be found um where can we get <laughs> your products and yeah and any recommendations actually this is my yes. new one i'm doing is mm. if, it's, if it's an rpg if it's a, a a book you've seen recently on say uh um, dm's Guild or something like that uh mm. which could listen to could be like oh my god it's overwhelming sure uh, but yeah so where can we find your stuff and any recommendations to sign yeah
2: for sure so i'm always looking for new splinter friends so you know follow me at splinterverse everywhere and and go to splinterverse.com um that has kind of an overview of everything we're doing but the more the merrier let's let's oh. let's grow the universe and and uh you know just enjoy each other's company it's mm. it's great yeah, I mean, there's so many creators. Uh, one that I always come back to that I like to recommend is the Erin Chronicles. That's E R E N. Um, they have a number of books on the DMs Guild, and uh, they're just all so creative. They just did one about magic, and they've they have I think one of their titles is Journey of the God Slayer, and they've got oh, cool. one dealing with spirits. And they're just all so creative that oh. it it's it's really a good a good one.
1: Brilliant. Well, we'll definitely put that in the show notes. Uh, and be there to point that to as yes. well. well, quickly, Hamilton, because I know I have to leave in like two minutes. Um, uh, yeah. uh, Hamilton, what are you up to, if anything? What am I up to?
0: What am I up to? Uh, uh, I, I'm I'm not doing a lot at the moment. <laughs> there still are. landscape. Uh, show that's going on, mm-hmm. which is uh, on YouTube. You can find that Dragon. Uh, we've nearly done all sixteen of them, uh, so that's all very exciting. Also, you can vote for us on the. Oh, it, 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 is, it'll it'll is, have ended by a, the time it, it's, it's, it's ended, ended. by ended. the time this has
1: come out. Yes, yeah,
0: we we got nominated for for Morris's podcast. Yeah, so uh, we, we were, show yeah, we were nom-
1: nominated for best tabletop RPG podcast of twenty twenty two. Yeah, it's talk. <laughs>
0: Yes, <laughs> so, so.
2: Congratulations
0: it's a, it's, Oh it's a very It's like its I was saying to like Can I now say We're a, a, pod, a nominated podcast And Fiona's like We were nominated On a website <laughs> oh, about... a random
1: forum About I know it's So
0: It's not, it's, it's not <laughs> you know, that random It's still Morris It's the it's big still,
1: one Yeah it's still Morris's Unofficial uh, RPG podcast So that's quite exciting it's So yes cool. so, so we got nominated We'll find out By the time this episode goes out We'll find out yeah, if we've won I exactly. don't think we have But I had a lot of people I had a lot of people Messages saying Oh congratulations And I was yeah. like Oh that's I, I, people listen, uh, so it's that was nice. quite nice.
0: And then Bowie's and spell, spell drama is coming out at some point. It mm-hmm. is. We are still recording. We had like work that got in the way, but uh, editing is happening yeah. in the background, and it will be coming soon. And I'm doing some more Borg stuff as usual. So
1: as yeah, usual, yeah. fair awesome. enough. For me, I, well, obviously I run where where where's a, what about I <laughs> oh, no, it's a, what am I rolling podcast, which is a twice monthly RPG one shot podcast. As always, it's going very well. However. When this comes out, I will think I'll be halfway through running an alien campaign <gasps> yes. where girls Ooh. run these worlds. Yes, dreaming thing. It's oh, very exciting. Awesome. Yeah, it's yeah. It's, a, it's quite daunting to the fact yeah. that because the call went out for casting and everyone was like, "Oh my god, a UK GM," and I was like, "Oh no, they mean me." <laughs> oh no! imposter syndrome and pressure but yes so that's coming out so if you look up uh, girls run these worlds on twitch and it will be on youtube as well mm. uh, i will be there looking pretty much petrified with like five other people who look very cool and doing stuff on the alien <laughs> <laughs> so that's gonna be quite exciting so please go check that out and go check out their other streams as well because mm. they've done lots of other rpgs if you're interested in like different kinds of one shots and different kinds of systems i'd go to them and and they're a really cool company they're really cool i you. love
2: it Oh, yeah
1: <laughs> thanks Jimmy oh, you'll do yeah.
2: great you'll do great
0: I love it oh. yeah no it's gonna be really cool it's gonna oh, cool. be really really cool also uh, if you uh, want to okay. see Fiona playing uh uh nice marines you can see that on on what's the channel again uh, of, it's called Christian's Brain Christian's Brain th- Christian's yes brain. it's very funny it's very good and oh, uh you. yeah I really enjoyed it so go check that out <laughs>
1: yes, go check yes. it out yes go check yes. It out. it but uh, unfortunately, we've come to the end. So thank you yeah. so much for listening, folks, and and I hope you're enjoying uh, 2023. I don't, I, 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 who knows what this will go out in March, no, maybe. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. But, but thank you so much, and we will see you on the on flip the side. side. <laughs> Take care, bye. Bye. bye.